I'm Austin. I'm Mike. We are the test drivers. And we put tech through its paces. Games, games, games. You better believe we got the games this episode. Is that like a GameSpot thing? Like we got the games? Or is it Arby's? It's like... We're oh, like the, we got the meats? We got, we got the games? <laughs> yeah, we got the, the Bungie games. We got the Activision games. We got Candy Crush. Apparently no, everyone's decided is the... It's too late. We missed oh, wait, them all. We couldn't get them in wait. time. Wait, Mike, I thought we were just getting the funding together to purchase all these studios. <laughs> Did that not come uh, through? We were too late? We were 0.5 off, unfortunately. Oh, man. So Sony bought Bungie. Um, it seemed like it was inevitable that they were going to do something, right? Yep. Uh, I believe that it, this was not in react. So, like, here's the thing: it was not in reaction to Activision. This was in reaction to Bethesda. I feel yes. like. right. Yeah, because I mean, you look at 2022, and it started out with a bunch of blockbuster, just huge, huge mega deals in the gaming space. Mm -hmm. Which you're right. This is not something that just appeared out of nowhere. Bethesda's been a thing for a while. I mean, the idea of not only do you have these massive companies who are trying to almost kind of have a land grab going on right now to scoop up all the studios that can, but on top of that, you've also just got very low interest rates and the, all these companies with piles yeah. of cash sitting around that, that's not doing anything. Like, it's a recipe for mad mergers and stuff, especially because there's always this sort of looming fear that, oh, it's going to be harder to, to merge and to buy companies later, so we might as well do it now while we think we can actually pull it off. Yeah, and like if you're a PlayStation, if there's a company that you're interested in and they're interested in you, right now you'd be stupid not to push that forward because if you don't, Microsoft's going to do it. Like it just this yep. seems like a foregone conclusion at the moment that like if a company is interesting in the gaming space and they're independent, someone's sniffing around. Like that's absolutely. There's just you know that's just how it is right now. I think that's very clear. We will, you know, I I feel this would not be a. Uh, I do not feel like this is a bold prediction, but this will happen at least two more times before the end of the year. I think. I can totally believe that, right? I mean, everything from medium companies buying smaller companies to large companies buying medium and small. Like, I mm -hmm. mean, I think. Everyone in the space, if you own a gaming company, you're talking with someone else right now. And who knows if it actually turns out to be anything. But there's no way that we're not going to see more consolidation. Like, mm -hmm. it's just, it's time. All the conditions are perfect. It's time for us to evolve. It's time for us to level up our loot boxes. I'm running out of metaphors here very quickly. It's time to pivot to NFTs. Eh, no, we're, I don't think so. We're here to talk about the metaverse. <laughs> <laughs> we believe that NFTs no. is future get shape the future of gaming. I saw a tweet. I wish I could find it like immediately. So, but it just popped into my head. So I'll say it. Where someone was like, um, I think this was like a writer for IGN. Maybe it was like you know at the moment it feels like every gaming company is like step one, tell everyone you're buying NFTs. Step two, <laughs> get a bunch of hate for it. Like buying, let's tell everyone you're going to make NFTs for your game. Step mm -hmm. two, get a bunch of hate. Step three, apologize. And it's like, <laughs> why Why just not, like, just forget all these steps and just not bother? It's a very strange thing right now. It's like, it, you know, there was like Team 17, the, the yeah. worms people, like they got absolutely destroyed for it. But it's like, it had already happened and played out this way so many times prior. Why do you think that you're going to be the company that, can successfully launch an NFT program for your game. 
What's, like, uh, I, I don't Mike? know what, what this like bravado is from these certain companies. Like, oh no, we're the ones that are going to be able to get away with this. Well, you know? the problem is everyone's doing it wrong, right? There's one clear way to make and sell NFTs that everyone will love. And it's the brand new backmark. Um, oh, sorry, what? Uh, uh, what? Oops. Test, the test drivers test NFT drivers. program. We're yeah. putting the T stands for test drivers. You know, <laughs> something, something test drivers. We'll work out the lyrics later on. It just seems like it's just like a recipe for disaster right now. Like, if it you is. are not already in the NFT space, you cannot get into the space. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, someone who's not already in this world trying to get into it. Like I just, it just seems like a just a nightmare. But anyway, this is not what we're talking about. Uh, so PlayStation bought Bungie. Bungie games are going to remain cross-platform. Yes, Bungie want to keep independent. Um, so, like Destiny is going to remain cross-platform, and they're working on a new IP, and that's going to stay cross-platform. So you may say to yourself, Sony, why? Well, Sony have decided they want to make a bunch more live service games. These are, if you're not familiar with the term, basically kind of like a Destiny, where mm -hmm. it is a game that has a very uh, robust l online component and lots of content being added to the game, either free or paid. But the idea is like you have one game and it lasts for years and years and years. GTA V, I think, is the prime example, like GTA Online. Sure. Like yeah, that yeah. game has been around for so long, but every week they're continuing to add new stuff to it. Um, some of it is paid, some of it is not. And that also the game kind of has its own currency at this point. But Sony, this is honestly where PlayStation fails right now, like that they don't have these yeah. kinds of games of their own. And I think Sony sees that as a, an area. Like where Sony excels, truly excels, is in these first, uh, like, so like these like um, individual like, campaign driven, like third person narrative type things, you know, like Horizon. Single player. God of War, the single player stuff, and like no one, yeah, that's that's where Sony truly got it on lock, right? Like mm -hmm. Returnal, Spider Man, as well, like just AA AAA tier games, you know. But they are gonna lose out, and gonna lose out on opportunities if they don't try and find some more like live service stuff as well. So this is so basically they want Bungie to help them make those. And that yeah. seems like a, a a smart acquisition because, as well, at the same time, they're going to make money off Destiny. You know, like the, you know, they're still going to make the Destiny money, and they're also going to be able to benefit. What What do you think about this? Do you think this is a smart move from PlayStation? I think it's a bare minimum move. I almost feel like yeah. Sony needs to purchase more studios this year, right? Because yeah. on one side, Bungie is a huge name in the space. Obviously, they got their, well, not their start, but they really became famous with Halo. So, haha, we stole Master Chief's dad and he's a Sony chill now or something. I don't know, whatever the fanboys say. But it is really weird of like Halo was its own thing and then it got bought by Microsoft. Then it spun off from Microsoft, became its own yeah. thing. <laughs> And now it's been bought by Sony. It's so weird. Well, on history. the flip side, Microsoft owns Activision, and Activision made tons of like PS One like classics, mm -hmm. right? Like Crash and all these kind of like old Tony like Hulk. sort of PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. So it's like there's a lot of uh, interesting just, things that are going be around on. for long enough. You know, <laughs> you'll you'll start out Sony and you'll end up Microsoft uh -huh. or Nintendo at some point. But I think beyond that, it's a very smart move, right? Like to me, this is clearly plugging a hole that Sony has. I think that it's not enough. It's a great start. 
it almost seems like it was worth it just to have Sony kind of be in the headlines not being left yeah. behind because like as soon as Microsoft bought Activision, right? A nearly $70 billion acquisition. Everyone's like, oh, Sony's in trouble. Sony's this, Sony's that. But at least they kind of planted their flag in the ground. Like, hey, no, we're in the game too. Even though realistically, yep. they spent, what, 120th the price that Microsoft spent on Activision when they purchased Bungie. Like, I mean, it is a very small purchase in the grand scheme of things, but we're still talking about billions and billions of dollars. And that's, that's nothing to sniff at. Yeah, I mean, honestly... So that cash on hand, remember we looked at this last time? Uh, we looked at what Microsoft's kind of ca reported cash was, and it was like $150 billion, so it was like half. <laughs> In 2020, Sony's cash on hand was $30. Mm -hmm. um, I think $30 billion, So it was like 10% yeah. of their cash on hand, which I think is probably the right kind of, kind of call there, right? Like just based on what those companies are worth. Talking about Microsoft, actually, so... Microsoft are committed to keeping Call of Duty on PlayStation, quote, beyond current contractual obligations. We have committed to Sony that we will also make them available on PlayStation beyond the existing agreement and into the future so that Sony fans can continue to enjoy the games they love. So this is also part of this thing that Microsoft as a whole are doing to try and get ahead of potential regulatory issues. They've published this set of principles, they're calling them, for how they think App Store should be run. And there's like an 11 principle thing and it's all about like um, freedom of competition and uh, marketing and being very clear and upfront and not forcing people into certain in in arrangements or like forcing people to use certain payment methods. Now at the moment though, they have like these 11 principles and they're only applying seven of them to Xbox Mm -hmm. but are saying that they want to do more. And the ones that they aren't applying to Xbox right now are like you can only pay through one, you know, oh, you should be able to pay through multiple providers, have your own payment system. You can't do it on Xbox. Yeah. That you can't give preferential terms, like that Microsoft wouldn't give preferential terms and that they don't think that's right, but that's not true for Xbox either. And I, mm -hmm. I agree with them where it's like, it is a different business to PCs yeah. because it's like a completely different makeup. It's a completely different market. But what they are saying is they are going, they are committing to work to try and bring to change the way that the Xbox market works to enable some of these. So I don't know. We'll see. Honestly, my whole feeling about this whole thing is no matter what they're saying, I'm mm -hmm. not fully believing it on the surface. Yep. And it's not that I think they're lying, but that it's they are telling half-truth. Like, I believe that they will keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. But what Call of Duty will that be? Will there be a different Call of Duty game on a Game Pass? We'll say, for example, uh, on PlayStation, you can buy the game and you have to keep buying more stuff. But if you're on Game Pass, it's all free, right? Like there's mm -hmm. a, there's, there's still like, I expect them to make Game Pass the ultimate place for Call of Duty, right? But I also still believe that it's the, the way that we see Call of Duty now is not how it will be from 2023 onwards. And like, sure, they'll keep putting it on PlayStation, but I think over time, it will just become clearer and clearer that if you are a big COD fan, you should have it on Xbox. Absolutely. Yeah, so, no, I 100% agree. So here's the thing. I think that there are, there are a lot of incentives here for companies. I don't care who, who it is, right? 
if you're making a big acquisition or whatever and you're facing regulatory scrutiny, you got to make the right noises. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're never going to close this. But there's also been a very clear lack of follow through in a lot of these cases. Now, again, I think like we've spoken in the past, generally speaking, Microsoft has been doing really well so far, Mm -hmm. and I'm inclined to give them the benefit of the doubt. But uh, a few years down the line, all these promises get a little fuzzy in the rearview mirror, right? It's just like, oh, well, yeah. But also, you're right. They didn't even need to break their promises here to still make this acquisition very successful. First of all, they're purchasing a very profitable company, so they're going to just rake in cash if they don't touch a thing, right? But beyond that, if you think about it, they just start moving stuff, like you said, to Game Pass, right? Hey, guess what? Everything lands on Game Pass for free or it's $70 on PlayStation. That alone could move the needle enough where they don't have to like they don't have to nerf the the PlayStation version of COD. They don't have to make the DLC exclusive or whatever the case is. Like, oh, guess what? Everything you've ever wanted just lands on Game Pass. Like, how big of a deal will that be when Madden and FIFA? Actually, no, FIFA's the wrong one. Um, uh, actually, that's EA too. Uh, uh, sorry, they're not buying EA. To be clear, they're buying Activision. But how big of a deal will it be when all the fine properties that definitely aren't owned by EA? Are all absorbed into Game Pass? Like it's gonna be, it's gonna be a huge deal. I do think they're next, by the way. Ah, uh, <laughs> maybe. I think EA is the next. If you are Sony or PlayStation, that's who you should target next. I mean, I think there's the... gonna be a bit of a bidding war. I think there could be a bidding war, but for EA, just because they have buy EA though, like that's a that is a very large as far as like the price that EA would command. I mean, Microsoft were able to do it, but now they own Activision. I highly doubt that they would be able to pull off. Uh, Sony maybe. EA's current market cap is thirty eight billion dollars, so someone could buy them for forty five, fifty, yeah. which is still less than Activision. I mean, look, Sony can't do it. But if you're well, Microsoft, I reckon if you want to buy somebody else, I think EA, and you had the money, you wanted to put the money into it, EA yeah. would probably be the right. Because what EA, EA have games that other people don't have, which is like a lot of the sports games and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Or maybe yeah. like a 2K instead, you know, like 2K have a lot of the sports games too. 2K yeah. are 20 billion. Yeah. Look, I... Oh, no, they're, my, they're owned by Take-Two. Oh, so forget that then. Take-Two is yeah, not going to sell to no one. Uh, yeah, probably not. Uh, it's interesting to think. Like, uh, I think Ubisoft is probably the prime target for me if I was anyone really in the space. But I do think it's going to be kind of interesting to see while there is a land grab that I think that they're going to try to do as many acquisitions as fast as possible. I think there's also, I mean, both Sony, I don't think anyone's going to really look too closely at the the purchasing of, of Bungie. I think that's just going to kind of slide through. There is a little bit of heat on Microsoft for purchasing uh, Activision. And like you said, like we've already seen them kind of like get ahead of those regulatory yep. issues and talk about like, we're going to, you know, make this better and that better, blah, blah, blah. I think it might be interesting to see if more of these mergers really start piling up, at what point governments decide to start pumping the brakes a little bit. Like, hey, actually, maybe you shouldn't do that. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see more mega mergers the second that some of these initial ones close. But who knows, man? I mean, again, when these companies have giant piles of cash sitting around, they got to do something with it and they want to expand and grow, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of incentive to just say, you know what? YOLO. Hello. Welcome to EA. Microsoft, Bungie, Samsung, Google, Tencent. 
I don't think that was the full list of companies, but I just threw some names out there. Do you see Nintendo Direct? Did you watch Nintendo Direct? So I was actually on a shoot while the Nintendo Direct was going on, but I did catch the highlights. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I actually think that this will be the first time in a very long time I'm going to replay Portal. I have not gone back to Portal in a oh, while. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's one. That's going to be good on Switch. Yeah, I think that could be a really fun game to play on Switch. I, I would like to replay the uh, campaign of 2. I haven't played that in a long time, um, yeah. so I'd be pr- I'd be pretty pretty pumped to play that. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm actually pretty excited about that one. But for me, I was a bit bummed out that there was no news on Zelda, uh, but I also <laughs> kind of expected there wouldn't be as well. Yeah, but I am still holding out hope that it's a 2022 game. Have they given any date at all on that? They yet? originally said 2022. Okay, on an investor call a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they also said 2022. Okay. But they didn't. it wasn't in the direct. This is on the investor call where they announced that they eclipsed the Wii sales. Mm, Maybe mm. it was that one. Um, but they haven't said anything else since. So, I don't know. But I'm I mean, hoping. I guess E3 time will probably be when we'll either get an update or a, you know, 2023 announcement. I- My expectation is around June. Around yeah. what would be E3 time, there isn't an mm-hmm. E3, right? Like, the, but around yeah, fair, that time fair. frame, uh, I expect we'll find out when it's going to be happening. Yeah, I, I'll be excited to see. But look, man, I feel like if anyone has deserved uh, years of delays and all the time they need, it's the Zelda team. I think they've got the track record. Well, if they need some time. I think let's give them some time. That seems pretty good idea yeah. to me. I know. I don't. I don't <laughs> want to give them the time though. You know. I <laughs> just want it now. I really want it. I want it so bad. Uh, but there was a couple of couple of games that I was actually pretty into. I mean, usually it is of a direct. There's like games that are considered the big titles I just have no desire for. Like yep. uh, Fire Emblem and uh, what was the other big game? Oh, the there's one so where, many. There, what, there was the one at the end. Oh, man. Not, no, not Chrono Trigger. That's not correct. Um, <laughs> Xenoblade. Yeah. So look, what we like I said, we were on a shoot during uh, the direct, yeah. but uh, maybe a couple people had their phones out watching. There were some people very excited in the room for some games. I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, uh, it's like Xenoblade. I have no, I have no, like it's just not, it's not for me. But same. Mario Kart DLC. <laughs> yes, dude. I can't believe that they're still cranking out more for Mario Kart because. Mario no, this, Kart, is, this makes sense. This makes but sense. Think about how old this Mario Kart's from Doesn't like matter. 2014. It's from the Wii right, U. They've like, sold, they have sold this game to every person on the planet, right? Okay, that's true. I was that thinking about this. Like, I had a friend saying, but why not just do Mario Kart 9? Well, because how many copies have they sold of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe? I'm going to look this up because they just referenced it recently because they, they continue to sell this game forever, constantly to mm-hmm. everyone that will buy it. I mean, I bet it's like. 50% of Switch sales have included a copy of Mario Kart at this point. <laughs> As at December 31st, it was 43 million copies. 43.3 million copies. Wow, that's a lot of copies. Yep. Uh, are we at 100 million Switches sold yet? Um, I think so. I don't remember. But anyway, so you've sold 40 91. million. Nine, 91 so again, million nine. Switches. Yeah, so it's almost 50% of people who right. have purchased a Switch also own a copy. 
That is nuts. So if you sell, so basically you can either, you can get the, the they're doing 48 courses split into six waves of eight maps each, right? They're putting them out mm. at different times, which is really smart. Starts in March. Um, you can pay $25 for all of them. Or if you do a Nintendo Switch online expansion pass, you get all of it included, right? Which is nice. It's good to see them actually, because they're charging a lot of money for that expansion pass. But yeah. it's nice to see that it's a, a bit of a trend that they're adding the more big and more titles, into it, like which, yeah, which is cool. Yeah. So you can either a say, "Hey, come and buy this new game," or mm. to the fifty million people that have already decided they like this game get a little bit more money out of them. Like, this is the smarter move, I think, for right now. For creating another Mario Kart game right now, I don't know if that's the, the best move to do when you could do the DLC. Because all anybody wants is just more courses because they've played all the courses. Yeah. And this yeah, is 48 new courses. It's doubling the amount that's currently in the game. I mean, that... Actually, wow, is it, is, is it really doubling? I know yeah. there's a lot in eight. Wow, okay. Yeah. So, you know what? If you put it like that, I changed my mind. You're right. This is a smart move. They will enjoy many, many, many millions of dollars. Yep. And uh, congratulations. Uh, just the thing is, look, I don't like buying Nintendo DLC. I've just been burned so badly by Nintendo's terrible like online purchasing in the past. Now, mind you, a lot of my sort of gripes have been more to do with like the Wii U and the 3DS. And I do own oh, some digital Switch games. Everything from the eShop. Uh, man, I just Nintendo games are the only games that I still really value owning like physical copies of. And obviously, DLC is not replacing. Like, I don't think they're going to give you a physical cart with Mario Kart 8 Super Deluxe with all, all the courses on it. Although, I guess maybe at some point. But like, I just have such bad. Like, do you ever move between multiple switches? Like, having no. your, you're setting up your home switch versus your other switch. And then, like, the other switch has to be online every so often to activate the game. It just feels ancient and terrible, and I still have no confidence that Nintendo is just not going to flip the the button and kill all my games at some point way too soon. Like I don't know, I DLC is great, but honestly, I uh, I just don't trust Nintendo. They just haven't earned that sort of. I just don't. I don't trust that the, the games and the money I spend are going to exist in more than you know a few years time. Oh right, yeah. I mean, well, when I when I upgraded to the other Switch, it was like a whole thing, right? Yeah, and I just wasn't yeah. confident about it. Yeah, their their systems are really weird, but yep. I, I can't be bothered with physical games. Ah, uh, so Switch good. Sports is the other thing that I'm actually yeah, really excited let's about. Go. It's almost funny to me. Like I can't believe it's taken them this long to create a successor <laughs> to Wii Sports, but it looks good. And they've got it's a pretty constrained list to start. They're adding more over time. Uh, it looked really fun, and it's kind of just like as you would expect from a, from a Nintendo sports game. Uh, they are going to be putting out like they have a football, like a soccer uh, game, which is kind of looks a little bit like Rocket League, um, <laughs> but with people. But they they're creating an accessory to. Wait, wait, sorry, hang on, run that back. Did you just describe soccer as Rocket League with people? No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> No, 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 no. <laughs> the Nintendo Switch Sports game. Uh huh. <laughs> it looks like Rocket League, but with okay. people. But it doesn't look like football. Like they have these huge barriers up the sides, and the goals are huge. Like it looks like Rocket League. Like y you maybe have not seen the trailer. <laughs> if you look at the trailer, 
It I watched the, the trailer. I watched right? the trailer. <laughs> you watch the trailer now, and you'll see that the soccer it looks like Rocket League. It doesn't look like like you'll see it. There's it starts okay. at like thirty seconds into the trailer or something. And this YouTube, is the trailer see, for Wii Sports or for for Switch Sports. Switch Sports. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You'll see. Okay, like I'm it, watching it, this right now. They've got all these barriers and stuff, and the ball is huge. It looks like okay. Rocket League, but with people. But the and like when you score a goal, it breaks through a barrier. Like it looks just like Rocket League. Okay. Okay. You know what? Yes. Okay. Now that I'm see looking what at I'm this, saying? it's a little Rocket League esque. Um, Why just is the ball the cool so cars. big? The ball doesn't need to be that big, right? <laughs> it looks like Rocket League, but with people. More like, than just, it looks like uh, soccer. Look, you're, you're right. You're 100% right. I'm going to absolutely describe soccer the next time a proper conversation <laughs> is Rocket League with people. <laughs> you know that game they play. It's like Rocket League, but they use their feet. <laughs> I hear so that this good, has a man. really... There's some real potential for this to be an actual sport in real life someday. It, if only they got rid of the cars, it would, it would be easier <laughs> to play. Uh, but they're creating an accessory where you strap a switch controller, like a Joy-Con, to your leg for kicking. So many people are oh, going to kick their TVs. Oh, no. Like, oh, no. I don't know why Nintendo keep doing this to themselves, but they kind of <laughs> can't help themselves, you know? Look, motion's the future, Mike. Since yeah. 2006, it's been the future of Golf breaking things Golf is the one I'm house. most excited about, but that's coming later in the year. Oh, bowling. 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 Yeah, bowling's good. Come on, good. cousin. I do like bowling. I do like bowling. But I like the golf too. I guess bowling and golf. And I'm pleased the bowling's available, going to be available immediately with the game. Uh, yeah. So it's coming out later this year. So I'm pretty excited about those. Wait. But I won't Zelda news. Is, is, is bowling just Rocket League, but with, with your pins? arms? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. If saving more and spending less is one of your goals for 2022, then why are you still paying high amounts of money every single month for wireless service? Switch to Mint Mobile. It is the easiest way to save money this year. As the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, Mint Mobile lets you maximize your savings of plans starting at just $15 a month. Austin, can you talk a little bit about how easy it is to get started with Mint Mobile? It is an absolute no-brainer. Not only does the SIM card show up, you can throw it right in your existing phone very easily, but once you get it, it is incredibly fast to get up and running, and you get all the great speeds and features without having to pay the ridiculously overpriced service. For people looking for extra savings this year, Moat Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. By going online only and eliminating the digital costs of retail, Mint Mobile passes significant savings onto you. All plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. You can use your own phone of any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. You choose the amount of monthly data that's right for you and stop paying for the data that you never use. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service to get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get that plan shipped to your door for free go to mintmobile.com slash test drivers that's mintmobile.com slash test drivers go there now and cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month that is m-i-n-t-m-o-m-o-b-i-l-e mintmobile.com slash test drivers our thanks to mint mobile for their support of this show and relay fm so, Mike, yeah. speaking of the Switch, mm-hmm. have you played Legends Arceus yet? I think it's Arceus. Is it Arceus? Wait. I heard in the trailer they said Arceus. Arceus. I always thought it was Arceus, 
But in one I of the trailers, the guy says Arceus. We could just interplay it. Yes, I have played it. I've beat the main story. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Already? Yeah, I mainlined it last weekend. <laughs> How many hours did it take you to, to finish the story? 25. Wow. Okay. I'm like four or five hours in. Okay. Yeah. So um, then I guess I have a lot of questions for you. Yep. Uh, general thoughts? I mean, I'm guessing if you blasted through it that fast, it's probably pretty fun. But where, where are you at on it right now? I really like it. Okay. Okay. I really, really like it. I do not love all of it, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I really like it a lot. Like a lot. Like enough that I couldn't stop playing it kind of thing. Okay. Um, okay. I think that the game is lacking in some ways, but not in unexpected ways. Okay. I think once, even once you've played it for a little while, you see the potential in it. Yeah. And it really does feel like a, a rethink of how these games will work. And so for that reason, being realistic for what we can expect from the Pokemon company, I would not have expected them to nail it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I yeah. think that this game is like five times better than I thought it was going to be. Yes. Okay. So I could not agree more. I had very low expectations mm -hmm. based on the trailers and what they had talked about. It just, it seemed like this was going to be mediocre, but they, well, yeah, there's definitely parts of it. Like, I mean, obviously graphics and it does feel to me and mind you again, I'm like five or six hours. I don't know exactly. I've gotten like a two star galaxy member right now. So I've not gotten incredibly far through the have game you, yet, but have you uh, had an experience with the frenzy Pokemon? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, what do they call it? The, are they Frenzy? Are they... Yeah. No, you got hyper? Alpha. They're the ones alpha. with the red, red eyes. The I've Frenzy those, Pokemon yeah. are like the yellow ones. Oh, no. I've only seen the Alpha Pokemon. All right. Oh, so, so the Frenzy Pokemon, level. there are five of them in the game. Okay. And they are like basically the gyms in a sense of like have, there being like a marking mm. moment. And okay, okay. You will have seen this in the trailer. These are the ones where you run around as a person throwing things at them. You're throwing, they're called bombs. Like it's mm -hmm. like food or something. Yeah. And that weakens them. And then you can throw out Pokemon and try and beat them. And it this is like the monster hunter part of the game. Right, you, like right. Like very, very light monster hunter. But like it's this combination of traditional boss battle plus Pokemon fight. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the part of the game that is the most different, I think, and yeah. is really rough around the edges, but mm -hmm. I like it as an idea. There are so many really good ideas in this game that I, one, hope that they will bring over to all Pokemon games. Yep. And two, if they're going to make another Legends... I would like to see them just refine everything yes. that they've got so far. But the, yep. the like bones of this game, it's probably the best experience I've had of a Pokemon game from like a, an enjoyment of the mechanic level, maybe in five years, maybe since like uh, Sun and Moon. Yeah, look, I so the the thing is. The last time I felt like this for a Pokemon game was the first time I played Pokemon Coliseum, which is, you know, the 3D GameCube game. Oh, my God, I hate was, Coliseum. 
Dude, it was incredibly basic. Look, I'll, I'll fully agree. Like, it was very basic. There was no wild Pokemon. It was very, very linear. But it was a very different world. Very much more mature sort of story when the opening scene is you as the protagonist bombing the bad guy's base and stealing stuff. Great. Love it, right? But ultimately, that game was like 50% there. And then they sort of decided to go their own way. And I know they made XD Gale Darkness later. But like, that was kind of like a little offshoot. And then they kind of forgot all about it, right? Legends to me feels like a much more thorough reimagining of the Pokemon universe. Mm-hmm. I could not agree more that it is frustratingly basic. It feels like a beta for what the next generation will be, right? That's really kind of what it feels like. I think that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like they made this whole like offshoot kind of like universe or I guess the reverse, whatever it's like back in time or whatever, however the story yeah. actually plays out since I haven't finished it. But it's the, back the idea in time, of like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're back in time. They've kind of reset the world. It doesn't impact any of the regular games. And they definitely set it up where if this well. was a failure, they could have <laughs> just forgotten about it. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, like it was. it's not like the next main game. It's like, oh, here's our, you know, the regular remakes. Oh, guess what? We got a bonus game, guys. We got a bonus game. Legends, check it out. Well, if you are a person who cares about the Pokemon lore, it is rewriting the lore a little bit. Because you are in the Sinnoh region, but they don't call it that. Yeah, yeah. And, like, they've always had, like, sort of this, uh, I guess, you know, the the Sinnoh, Arceus, like, all the legends. Like, that's always kind of been, like, the beginning of Pokemon stuff that they've kind of mm-hmm. had. But, like, they never really have gotten into it too much. And it's nice to be able to see. And, look, I, I'm enjoying the game. I, I don't want this to make it sound like I am complaining in any way. Because, like, there's a lot of stuff that I wish they would improve on. And it feels like it's, again, classic Game Freak. They know how to do one thing well, but they have such a tiny team for how many millions and millions and millions of dollars that they rake in. Like, it feels like we could have gotten more. I think this is currently on track to be the most successful Pokemon game of all time. And I don't know how this has happened. Because <sighs> the marketing was so downplayed for this game. Yeah. Like, and I, I don't know if I shared this theory with you yet. I think this was 100% purposeful on the Pokemon company's part. Like... Sword and Shield was such a nightmare for them. Mm. I think that they purposefully held back so much information about this game so people would buy it and say, you know what, this is actually really fun. And then it would spread that way rather than what they did for Sword and Shield, which was like full on blitz of marketing. Because there are so many just like basic mechanic stuff that is so good, but they you did not know about it before. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. For the first time ever, I feel motivated to complete the Pokedex. Yeah. And it's fun. Like, that's the thing. They've kind of gone back and forth. Like, you know, the traditional catching Pokemon sort of method of, you know, you have to fight them, you have to catch them, it's kind of difficult, versus some of the like, let's go and the easier ways is you throw Pokeballs and you kind of like, I feel like both of those have their, their strengths. This feels like it's a good sort of combination of like, now it feels like if I can sneak up and, you know, execute a backstrike, I feel like, good job, Austin, I did it. Yeah, but to complete the Pokedex, you don't ever have to catch the Pokemon anymore. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, because you have all the side the objectives tasks. and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That That is true. I'm still much that. more of like, I like to catch as many as I can. But, like, I think they've done a good job. And, like, honestly, if this is the template for what the next generation is going to look like, 
two big thumbs up. They mm -hmm. give it some more polish. They give it some more sort of time. I love the fact that you don't really ever get taken out of the world. Like once you're walking around, you get into battles, you do everything you want, and it's just, it's fluid. You're not kind of in and out of the battle animations. And My head nearly exploded when that happened. Like when I yeah. got into the first battle, it's like, oh my God, this is the anime. I'm walking around. Yeah, yes. yeah. What, the first time that the battle began, and I was like, hang on a minute. <laughs> hang on a minute. <laughs> like, this is actually it. Like, this is what Pokemon fights should look like. Like, yeah, that that was like a big moment for me as a yeah. lifelong Pokemon fan. It's like, oh my God, they're doing it. You know, like, this mm -hmm. is what I... Like, there are so many things like that that make sense in this game where it's like, yeah, this is how it should have always been. Yes. Like there are just these yes. little parts of it where it's like they've really extended it. Like for me, the next Pokemon game, I would love to see most of these mechanics be exactly the same. Mm -hmm. uh, I would like them to bring back gyms. Yeah, yeah. There because there aren't there isn't enough battling with other trainers in this game. I've noticed that. I feel like like I said, I'm like, really uh, however many hours in. Yeah, I think I've fought like three trainers so far, like six hours in the game. Like yeah. it feels very strange, but Honestly, like the trainers are such a different kind of thing. And I will say, even though the world does feel a little barren and like, especially with the way the graphics are, like everything feels a little uh, like not like there is an emptiness. Yes. To it. Yes. Yes. But they can fix but, that. Like that doesn't matter. Ultimately to me, that, that, that mattered to me way less than I thought it would once I started getting into the game. Cause there are all yeah. these little mechanic things that they do. Like, there it is like rifts in time where it all goes mad for a while and you're battling all these mm -hmm. Pokemon from like a time rift. It's like, there's just like all this weird stuff that happens. The yeah. alpha Pokemon and like they're hard. Like, and they're, they're, that's what I like about this game. This is the first time I have ever felt truly challenged in a Pokemon game. Yeah. Like, yeah. There are moments where it's like, Oh my God. And also I love that. Like when you eventually lose all of your Pokemon, you just run away. <laughs> which is you know and it's like there are parts of that which like, is really good like I like that I as the character can be attacked by the Pokemon and like just like yeah. fundamentally this like the story is that everyone is scared of them and yes it's, like, it's all I just like I, I really like that and there's just like tons of the mechanical stuff I'm really into and yeah I, I hope that they continue to honestly, I would like them to make more Legends games. Like, why not? Just let, let me do the history of every region. Like, that would just sure. be fun for me. Like, I would love to do like a Johto. I would love to do a Kanto. Like, that just seems mm -hmm. fun. But I would like to see them bring the mechanics here to later games. Like, the way that you catch Pokemon is great. The way that you battle Pokemon is great. Like, even the wild ones. Uh, I like the the Alpha Pokemon stuff. I like the the frenzy Pokemon, you can keep all of that, but put some like more gym stuff into it. Yeah. Um, and the story is like, it's complicated in a way that <laughs> doesn't need to be. And like at times I'm like, I don't know who are the humans and who are the Pokemon when they're talking about these people anymore. Like <laughs> it got really hard at a certain point for me to work it out. By the end, I got my head around it, but it's because I had to focus. So I would recommend anyone that's just started the game, like you, or anyone that hasn't played it yet, really pay attention. Because <laughs> if, okay. if you don't, for a while, you get. I got really lost in what was going on. <laughs> so, but like overall, I love this game. Like, yeah, I would. I would say I loved it. Like, it is not the best Pokemon game ever. Like, I actually, mm. for me, I think Sword and Shield is a better Pokemon game. But that's yeah. because this one 
is not the Pokemon game that you... That's that's why I keep coming back to of like... Sword and Shield is the best representation of what a Pokemon game can be. Mm-hmm. Arceus is a break from the formula. So yeah. it isn't the best Pokemon game because it's not what you think is a quote-unquote Pokemon game. It is like a new framework for what Pokemon can be. And that is very exciting to me as a lifelong fan. Yeah, I very much hope the Game Freak double down on this formula, maybe double down on their development resources. <clears throat> and I think the next generation will be great. They have they have made so much money already. It's got great critical reception and the word of mouth is good and there's no tragedy, right? Like yep. there was with Sword and Shield. So I think they are going to continue doing this. My theory on this, I've heard this elsewhere too, like it's not original, is like, this was a kind of separate like moonshot type project for them. Of like, mm-hmm. can we rethink it? Purely because this was not the November Pokemon release. Yeah. They already did it. Right? So you, they could come away and be like, oh, you know, if it didn't work, well, Arceus was an experiment for us. Yes. Blah. Should we talk about new Samsung phones? Wait, new Samsung phones? I'm sorry. I, the, I was on my Z Flip. I wasn't paying attention. There's more. New Z Flip? New Z Fold? No, unfortunately not for you, no. So oh. I will say, I've got to preface this. I don't know why. So Galaxy S22, S22 Plus, S22 Ultra. I am not excited by these phones at all. And I don't know why. They they're just, safe, man. They're just, okay. they're, they're safe. It's just like, I've read some stuff, I've watched some videos, and I'm kind of just like, okay. Yeah. There's... So there are, of course, new things, as with every year when they refresh the S line. And I think, as with every year, these are going to be pretty much the default recommendations if you want an Android device, right? I think that they're safe. I think they're going to have great cameras, great screens, blah, 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 blah. Great, great, great. But they don't, I mean, especially if you look at it compared to an S21, it's a pretty minor upgrade, right? I mean, there's some tweaks here and there. Um, but the thing is, it's such a safe design. Now, to be fair, my opinion has slightly changed because I was originally briefed on these a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. They showed the the three or four colors for per phone. I was like, wow, those look same and lame and boring and whatever, right? I'm looking at the Ultra, which looks like they forgot to finish designing the phone. I look at the S22 and the Plus, which has a very similar design to last year, except yep. that they had the boring colors and they didn't do the camera bump the same way. So before, I don't know if you remember, but like it had the sort of the bezel of the phone or the actual kind of like the, the frame of the phone. And it was also one piece with the camera bump, which I thought looked phenomenal. And then this year they decided to just split that up for cost saving or whatever. So the, the camera bump has a little ridge between that. It was like, it just it just didn't seem that great. Didn't they also have uh, the, the the camera bumps were a different color, right? Yeah, so that was the other thing. So I think they've lost. That's that's where this phone's lost out in points for me. Like because I really liked the design of the S twenty one like a lot. Yes, and yep. I feel like they have taken a step into boring town with the S twenty two from a design perspective. That was exactly what I said until launch day and they dropped some additional colors on the exclusive Samsung website. Oh, I've seen why these. I haven't seen it. Why do they do uh, this every time? I know. I feel they like didn't every talk time about we it. go through this. What are you doing? 
Dude, literally, they had the briefing. Everyone did their videos. This was not mentioned at all whatsoever. And then surprise, surprise, one of my biggest complaints, they have a bunch of great colorways that are Samsung exclusive. So they have a very similar kind of like, I think they call it violet and gold. Um, but basically, all of the Samsung exclusive colorways uh, have different backs and like sort of camera These all look stuff. amazing. So, the graphite one looks great. Yep. Yeah, Why did yeah. they do this? <laughs> So uh, at least they, uh, look, if you want to go buy it from Samsung specifically, which to be fair is a big sort of barrier to entry because most people are buying this on Amazon or in carrier stores or whatever the case is. But if you order it directly from Samsung, they do have a lot of other colors. And I will say every one of the Samsung exclusive colors I like more, yep. with the exception I kind of like the green regular S22. But even the that's kind of like- is my favorite. That was my favorite in the S21 too. The, 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 it's like a purple and gold. The only problem is looking at the S21 versus S22, I'm pretty sure this is a lot more pink than purple. I liked the purple before. Mm. I actually end up going with the blue, which I am excited blue? for. The sky blue. It so looks that, great. So I, spoiler mm. alert, that's going to be uh, maybe my next uh, cheating on the Z Flip phone. <clears throat> I think so, it should be. That's a good, I mean, cause what, the, because it's a big screen, but it's in a pretty decent sized package, right? Because they've they've shrunk it down, they've flattened off the edges like the iPhone a little yes. bit. Yeah, so right? both the S22 and the S22 Plus are slightly smaller, pretty much across the board. They've got slightly smaller displays. They've also got, yeah, like you said, kind of they've tucked the design in a little bit more. Thankfully, the regular 22 and the Plus have flat displays, which I'm a big fan of. I don't like how the Ultra has the, the curved edges. Um, they did have to downgrade slightly, so I think the, the batteries are also slightly smaller pretty much across the board, which is fine because honestly, I feel like the S21 was okay. So if they have to trim just a little bit, um, I'm just personally happy that there's actually a reasonable sized S22 because the S21 was fine last year. Actually, I was okay with that size, but it being a little bit smaller, a little bit closer to that Pixel 5 size, I'm going to be very, very happy with. So yeah. yeah, that's that's I've got my pre-order in for a Sky Blue Galaxy S22. And uh, as always, or at least I've, or as of the last couple of years, they've got a lot of great pre-order bonuses. So I got like $50 off. I got a free bump to 256 gig storage and like $150 of like accessory credit. So uh, they've got good pre-order stuff. And importantly, you can get the far superior colorways on the Samsung site. But um, look, we can go through specs. and I, mean, I feel like we should, but they're not big upgrades over the no. S21. Like no. no one should buy an S22 if you've already got an S21 in your pocket. And certainly short of us who are weirdos, like there's not a lot to pull you away if you're on like a Z Flip flip or a Z Fold or something. These are better versions of the regular flagships, but they're still absolutely regular flagships. There's not any like crazy features. I think the reason that I'm not so excited is like I know what Samsung are capable of design-wise now, and mm -hmm. these phones just aren't going to cut it for me anymore because the Z Fold and the Z Flip are just so much more exciting design-wise. Yes. That I kind of like, I'm less excited about their regular phones now because I just know that they're capable of something a bit more. So, if from the S21 to the S22, I think there's a few things that have changed, which is good. Um, they've brought the glass back, back yeah. to the phone, yeah. the plastic, which isn't important, but for me, I just think is important just because of how much money you're spending on these things. I think mm -hmm. using plastic is, it's you know, it's a little yeah. cheaper. Uh, they aren't LTPO displays but they do 10 to 100 hertz adaptive refresh rate, and it can be enabled on the full um, 1080 now, which is good. Um, and then 50 megapixel main camera, ultra-wide, three times telephoto. If I'm right, they've the 
previously the ultra wide was the high megapixel camera no, and the telephoto was the ultra wide that's the oh, one sorry, no, 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 thank no. you the telephoto was the high megapixel which was really strange i think it was like 12 right. 12 and 50 or so or yeah, 48 I think it was, but now they've put that as the main which is probably better yeah in fact I, every single s22 probably really the biggest upgrade Every single S22 camera has been upgraded. So I don't think there's any carryover at all. They're That's all different cool. sensors. They're actually slightly lower megapixel. I think they went from like, some of the cameras went from 12 to 10, but hmm. you know, whatever, it's a newer generation. They spent a lot of time talking about how great the cameras are because really that's the main upgrade. And to be fair, not only from the original samples, but also just from seeing people actually out and about taking photos, it does seem like a terrific camera, especially some of the stuff they've done with the low light where they do the, they, the Nona bending and the whatever other whatever the five into one pixel thing is where basically you get not only good low light performance but also now you get a lot more sharpness and clarity with those higher megapixel sensors great love it so i think better night mode right no no i don't know mode. what that means never heard of it but apparently that means better night mode it's like so okay i'm gonna try to remember it was a very complicated uh, explanation basically especially on the s22 ultra which has that 108 megapixel sensor or whatever it does a couple things. So first of all, it takes nine pixels and merges them down to one for better low light performance. But then it also takes a regular full resolution photo. So it basically combines the detail of the high res photo with the you know low noise or the good noise performance of the Nona Bend squished down like 12 or 10 or whatever the, the math is on that uh, photo. It puts it all together essentially to give you low light photos that are right. much, much sharper, but still perform well, unlike if you just took a 108 megapixel photo at night. Because that would be super grainy and look terrible, but yeah, can, interesting. And it's, the, right. and it's the same thing on the S22 and the S22 Plus, except it's a 50 megapixel instead of 108. So I think they call it like tetra bending or something, but it's the same concept of you're taking sort of long exposure, you're taking the bends, you know, four or five pixels down to one, and you're also getting the high-res shot and putting it all together. I have not spent time personally yet to actually test all this, so, uh, you know, grain of salt, but everything I'm seeing and just sort of common sense would dictate that these are probably going to be up there with some of the very best phones you can get for photos. Video, probably a different story. Like, I don't think they really did a whole lot to upgrade that, but that's, it seems good. Like, it seems like a solid-ish update. The S22 Ultra, though, I think that's where it gets a little spicier. Although... I was, I was right. The note is dead. <laughs> I've been saying this for over a year now, and they've mm -hmm. finally done it. They put the uh, S Pen inside the Ultra. That is done, right? That's it yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I like I, I just said that this is the spicier one. I can't get over how bland the design is, though. It, like, Austin, I hate oh, it. Austin, I hate what happened? it. What I happened? hate it. I don't know why they did this. That, that <laughs> camera array is horrifying to me. And That's also, like... here's a funny thing. All of the Samsung exclusive colorways are worse <laughs> on the Ultra. So, you know, like, so on the, the regular colorways, you get burgundy, black, white, and green. The rails match, so it's all just one color. Mm -hmm. But on the Samsung exclusive ones, the rails are black for the graphite, yes. sky blue, and red. I don't like that. That looks, it looks weird. Good. Well, it looks good on the S22 and the Plus because they actually have a camera bump, which is, you know, mm -hmm. an actual design. It's part of the phone. It looks maybe not quite as good as the seamless design on the S21, but it looks like an actual designer did this. The Ultra is like, hey, we're busy designing Z Flips and Z Folds. Hey, uh, Bob, can you go down the hall and uh, whip up a quick render of the Ultra? Yep. Cool, thanks. Yeah, just ship it. Ship it. We'll go. 
like obviously I'm being facetious, but I get what they are trying to do here. Like they mm-hmm. are trying to differentiate themselves as we don't have a camera bump, right? Because they've made the phone. I'm assuming the phone is thicker a little bit because of the S Pen anyway right i don't have the exact spec but i i would not be surprised it's definitely on the chunkier side so but i feel like they should have done something from a design perspective to like mm. block off the cameras a bit you know and also it's it's five cameras so it's three on the left two on the right and it's not centered so it's kind of like that like p shape like especially if you see a case on an ultra mm-hmm. it looks Look, man, I know the kids might be out here pushing p but like i don't think this phone it's not it's just it's just it's just dots on the back. And there's, ah, man, I don't know. I don't like, like it, I'm, man. I don't like it's it a, at all. I mean, the rest of the specs are great, right? You know, it's got the the camera system, which is even better with the stupid 108 megapixels. And what I actually do really like is it got not only the three times telephoto, but also now a full 10 times optical telephoto, which using the digital space zoom can go up to 100 times. This does look incredible like i don't think it's a stretch to say this is probably gonna be the greatest zoom on any phone because they've done 100 times in the past but it's usually i think the s20 was using 100 times but it was only like four times optically like it was a lot of digital but here you've got a proper 10 times and a three times telephoto built into the camera that's cool yeah and so like the specs are good you know and people that love the stylus the s pen are gonna they're gonna be happy but like this phone to me the previous Ultra phones felt really appealing. For me personally, this one doesn't because I just can't get over the look of it. Like I really, it really does feel, I think you put it perfectly, unfinished. It just feels unfinished as a design. It's the Pokemon Legends Arceus of phone design. It's setting the standard but <laughs> Samsung phone. I mean, look, I think a lot of people have, so I've talked about this a little bit already, and, and people were like, it's a phone, you're going to put a case on it, who cares? And look, look, completely valid point, right? This is not the most important thing for most people. They care about the it's battery life. and have a case on it, too. It's like... I actually agree. I think it actually looks worse with the case, but <laughs> look... <laughs> but the thing is, look, everyone has different opinions on what's important for you, and that's completely valid. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing that I think has changed. In the past... This was, you know, one of the only, you know, quote unquote, real flagships you could buy. And it just was what it was. But guess what? I actually have choice now. Well, yes, this looks like a great phone. And if I want the S Pen, obviously, this is pretty much the only move out there right now. But also, there are other phones that exist which are better looking and still have lots of functionality. Like, I feel like people are kind of a little bit caught up in the idea. They're like, oh, well, who cares about X or Y or the looks or whatever? Because I don't know. That's not important for me. But the market is mature enough that it does matter to a lot of people, right? Like you can kind of pick and choose the devices that matter most. And if you like the colorway on an S22 or on a Pixel, whatever the case is, it's not a crime to buy a phone you think looks nice. Just the same way it's not a crime to buy a pair of shoes you think look nice, even though you can get a $20 pair of Nikes from the outlet store or whatever. Like there's definitely more nuance, at least in my opinion, there's a lot more nuance in purchasing a phone, especially because there's such personal devices to our lives, right? I mean, we're the Z Flip gang, right? Like this has Mm -hmm. been the thing. It's not a good phone, generally speaking. Like, I mean, it's pretty good. It has advantages, but we use the S22, sorry, uh, we use the Z Flip. There you go. (laughs) <laughs> oh god we use the z flip because not only does it look cool but it's something different like it's a statement on multiple fronts right and it's like that's a completely valid choice for some people not for everyone but there are advantages to doing that and if you look at a phone that is i would say 
boring, bordering on ugly. If you want to, if you don't care about that and you just care about the S Pen and all the other features, have a great time. It'll be a great device, I'm sure. But you can't also in the same breath say, well, I don't care about this and that because I care about X and Y. Like that's not an, a valid response because X and Y might matter to me or to you or whoever the case is. So like, to say, me- in Samsung's uh, defense, they are making the super cool silicone caves with the strap that I have on my Z Flip for the yeah. S22 Ultra. So like that looks really <laughs> great. And do you know how they're doing their cases? They're doing individual cu- cutouts, which I think is the only way to do it. But most people yeah. won't do that because that's going to be hard to do, right? Mm-hmm. To get the precise like yeah. alignment. But Look, I do they love just that did, case, man. <laughs> they just did the hype beast case, so you wouldn't be looking at the push and pee yep. on the back. Yep. I gotta stop saying push and pee. I apologize. I d- this is a reference I am aware of. I do not know what it means. I you don't, don't need think to. I want you to explain it to me. No, no. Don't don't worry about it. It's it doesn't even it it doesn't even exist. 